This is a shock podcast. Hello and welcome to the Podball Sportscast, the podcast that offered to buy Chelsea for 100 ringgit. Wonder why our bid was rejected. Hmm. Today we have Nicholas John. Hello, hello. He was the one that offered the 100 bucks. And I am Faisal American. I could only offer them a packet of instant noodles. Karami Kamil is not here today. He is off to the UK to try and buy his new favourite club, Arsenal. <laughs> Now, we have a great weekend for us in sports, uh, especially the Premier League showdown between the top two sides. Uh, But before that, we have to talk about the Champions League. Uh, Defending champions Chelsea suffered a 3-1 loss to Real Madrid in their first leg quarterfinal. Karim Benzema scored a hat-trick to give Real a major advantage ahead of the return leg at the Bernabeu. It was also a winning comeback for Real coach Carlo Ancelotti. He was given a last minute all clear to face his former club after a bout of COVID. Yeah, uh, but, but you see, first of all, I think we may have jinxed Chelsea. You know, in the last show, we said how their defeat to Brentford was just a blip. Apparently, it's more than just a blip uh, because Chelsea were bad, you know, especially in that first half. In fact, Thomas Tuchel said that that could have been the worst performance he's seen from his side so far. And when you combine that with Karim Benzema being absolutely on fire. It's no, it's no surprise that we had the result that we did. And speaking of Benzema, this guy has been an absolute beast. You know, I, I was reading some of the comments on social media after the match, and I think the best reaction that I read said that Chelsea may not have an owner right now, but they got absolutely owned by Karim Benzema. (laughs) Right? And and he didn't just own Chelsea. He's owning La Liga. He's owning the Champions League as well. This is his second hat-trick in a row in the competition for him. And uh, he's now scored, what, 37 goals in all competitions for Real this season. And the whole time watching the Real-Chelsea match, I was thinking about one thing. Thank God France qualified for the World Cup because we'll get to see arguably the best striker in the world at the moment uh, competing in in Qatar. So, yeah, he, he's just fantastic. I think it was the BBC that compared him to uh, a fine wine that gets better as he gets older. Yeah, he's what, what is he? Wait, 34, if I'm not mistaken. And mm-hmm. he is arguably playing some of the best football of his career. I don't think he's been this good like his entire career. And to do that at the age of 34 is fantastic. You heard it here, folks. Uh, Benzema is the new Zlatan. <laughs> Uh, of course, this comes after Chelsea's uh, heavy 4-1 EPL defeat at the weekend, which begs the question, why? Now, according to a boss, Thomas Tuchel, the ownership situation had nothing to do with it and uh, the team was suffering from fixture fatigue, right? Uh, he argued that Chelsea are one of two Premier League clubs that have played the most matches in England and Europe this season. Uh, there is one problem with that, though. The other team that he mentioned was Liverpool, who are still on course for the quadruple. So, Nick, um, is there any truth to what Tuchel said or uh, are his pants just on fire? Is that smoke you smell? It may be the sh** coming out on the team. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> Look, fatigue is a factor. You you can't deny that. But it's only a small part of the equation. And like you said, Liverpool are similarly facing a fixture congestion, but they're coping just fine. Uh, I, I think the worrying thing for Chelsea is that other than excuses, Tuchel doesn't seem to have an explanation for what's been hampering them recently. Uh, he even went as far as to say that based on their performance in the first leg against Real, that this tie is essentially dead. He's pretty much saying that the holders are not going to make it into the semis, which is a surprising thing for a manager to say, you know, to be devoid of any optimism like that, because normally managers say things like, oh, we'll try our best, uh, or you never know, anything is possible. But Mm. for Tuchel to be so pessimistic like this suggests one of two things to me. Either he's trying some kind of Jedi mind trick reverse psychology thing or he really is struggling uh, to to overcome this slump that they're going through now. Let's see what happens uh, next week. Now, um, earlier I mentioned Liverpool. Speaking of them, they posted a 3-1 away win at Benfica. And barring a Chelsea-style collapse, they are the favourites to progress to the semis. Uh, Meanwhile, Manchester City had a narrow 1-0 win against Atletico Madrid, who, according to Pep Guardiola, used a uh, 5-5-0 formation. (laughs) And uh, Villarreal beat Bayern Munich 1-0. Yeah, you mentioned that 5-5-0 formation. Uh, I think Guardiola has a point. Uh, this was your, your typical Diego Simeone-style football from Atletico with you know almost no strikers. That's how defensive they were. Uh, but trust Kevin De Bruyne to unlock Atleti's defence line. Oh, actually, it was Phil Foden's pass to De Bruyne that opened up the defence. And in the end, that was the difference between the two sides in the first leg. And with that one-goal cushion, I think City can see the match out in the return leg. You know, they just need to keep their focus and don't Mm. fall for any of Atletico's tricks because we know for a fact there's going to be, you know, Atletico are going to try their their normal tricks over there. Uh, As for Liverpool, I think the Reds are in a strong position, stronger than than, than City uh, to make the semis. It wasn't an altogether comfortable win over Benfica, I I thought, but they did enough to get that two-goal advantage, plus the return leg is going to be at Anfield, so they are really looking good. And I I think that comfortable cushion actually gives them a bit of an advantage heading into the EPL showdown against Man City uh, because Liverpool don't have to worry so much now about their European campaign compared to City, you know, because Mm. City have only a one-goal advantage and they have to play the next match in Madrid. So for now, it's looking like... uh, Liverpool are in a slightly stronger position. The return leg will take place next week, uh, which brings us to Premier League action. In midweek, Everton lost 3-2 to Burnley, uh, leaving the Toffees just one point above the relegation zone. Uh, I'm sure Frank Lampard is really regretting taking on the job now. As for this weekend, we have the big one. Leaders Man City will host second place Liverpool on Sunday night. It's being billed as a title showdown. One point uh, separating the two teams, but Liverpool have a superior goal difference. Uh, uh, Jurgen Klopp tried to play lay down the importance of this match. He says, uh, if Liverpool manages to win, it won't necessarily mean that the title is in their hands since City are so darn strong. Is this more of that tempering expectations thingy or does he have a point? Well, that's what all managers say ahead of a big match, right? No, Nobody says, ah, we're going to win it. We're going to whoop their butts. You know, it, managers always try and be 
PC about it. Um, but I think this Sunday's match is very, very important for both sides because this is the last chance for both City and Liverpool to have their own say in the title race. In other words, this is their last opportunity where their fate is in their own hands because if Liverpool loses, even if they go on to win all their remaining matches, they will still have to hope for City to drop points. And likewise, for City, if they lose on Sunday, Liverpool go top and then City will have to win all their remaining matches and hope for Liverpool to drop points. So after this Sunday, if they don't get a win both City and Liverpool will have to hope for other results to go their way to stand a chance of, of winning the title, you know. That's why it's so important for both of them uh, to go out and, and try their best to get a win this weekend. It's it's not... Klopp, yeah, he, he's got a bit of a point. It's not quite winner-takes-all yet, but the winner at the Etihad this Sunday will definitely be in a very strong position moving forward, especially with so few games to go this season. Uh, and of course, there is the possibility of a draw, uh, in which case I think City will come away the happier side because they still maintain their one-point advantage. But either way, a very, very uh, important match heading into the final few weeks of this season. Okay, I'm going to put you out on a limb, right? What's your take on this? What's the result going to be? Uh, it's going to be 1-1. One, one. <laughs> it's going to be 1-1 one, one back where we started. Yeah, uh, I totally agree with you. It's probably 1-1, one, one, maybe 0-0, nil, nil, I'm not sure. Because, you know, for me, it's too close to call. I mean, we know that City have been stupendous for most of the season and Liverpool are in great form. Um, it's uh, nine consecutive wins in the league, I think. So I I honestly can't see any other outcome than one point each. It's like one of those things where they're both so good, they cancel each other out, you know? <laughs> yeah. Also happening this weekend, Chelsea will be looking to bounce back when they travel to Southampton. Fourth place, Tottenham are away at Aston Villa. Arsenal and home to Brighton. Manchester United will travel to Everton. Leicester take on Crystal Palace. Newcastle are at home to Wolves. Watford take on Leeds. Also, we have Brentford v West Ham and Norwich v Burnley. Catch the best EPL action live on Astro. Uh, reports said that Ajax boss Eric Ten Hag is now the favourite to become Manchester United's next permanent manager. Now, if that happens, uh, apparently one of two former United coaches could be appointed as his number two. Uh, the first candidate is uh, Rene Muhlenstein. Uh, he was a coach under Alex Ferguson from 2007 to 2013. The other is <coughs> Steve McLaren. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm pretty sure the guy who wrote that rumour was just having a laugh, right? Look, I am still trying to figure out what the logic could be behind bringing back either Muhlenstein or McLaren. Why can't Ten Hag bring who he wants to bring in? And I'm, I'm sure he already has someone in mind to become his assistant. And that's also the standard uh, practice when a new manager comes in. You know, They bring in most, if not all, of the backroom staff along with them as well. And... Are there absolutely no candidates available for the assistant's job that they have to dig into United's past to find some old relic to come back, you know? <laughs> and let's be clear, whatever these guys, whatever Muhlenstein and McLaren achieved at United was because of Sir Alex Ferguson. Fergie did all the work. So I, I think if it's true, really true, that United have indeed decided on uh, Ten Hag, then let him decide 
who he wants to bring along with him. To be fair to McLaren, uh, Ten Hag was uh, an assistant to McLaren when uh, McLaren was in charge of Twente. Uh, and I'm sure that he can understand McLaren's Dutch accent. <laughs> In case you don't know, when McLaren was in charge of Twente, um, he had this interview and he was speaking in this ridiculous Dutch accent. Do we have a clip? Of course we do. I sort of knew uh, when I came here and uh, Champions League, Liverpool or Arsenal, I thought maybe one of them we would draw and uh, it is Arsenal. One of the, the toughest teams in the draw. Very, very difficult for our players, but also a great experience. We have a young team to experience big games. will be fantastic for the players, uh, not just for now, but in the future as well. Uh, also, to be fair to McLaren, right? Uh, he was assistant manager when United won their travel... Uh, won their treble, it makes you think what he actually did right. I mean, did he just set up the cones and pass out the training bibs? You know, maybe he helped brush down the player's hair whenever Fergie took out the hairdryer. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, again, like like what I was trying to say, I mean, uh, not not to diminish their, their contribution to United's title-winning sides, but uh, Fergie is the, the mastermind of all their success. Uh, Mullenstein and McLaren played a part, but, you know, it, 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 I, I think it'll be a bit of an exaggeration to think that, oh, you, we bring McLaren back and hopefully that can help United return to its glory days or anything like that. You know, I, I, I think it's time to move on and, and, and bring someone else in. Oh, what else is happening this weekend? Uh, oh yeah, uh, there's Formula One and MotoGP. F1 returns to Australia for the first time since the start of the COVID pandemic and it features a redesigned track. Uh, the race will see Sebastian Vettel finally making his uh, debut this season after his recent bout with COVID. Uh, meanwhile, Ferrari and Red Bull will be the ones to look out for after their solid start to the season, while Mercedes will be hoping that their car improves. As for MotoGP, the bikes will be racing in the Grand Prix of the Americas. Well, that wraps it up for yet another episode of the Podball Sportscast. But before we go, I just want to say it's okay for you guys to seek help when you feel that life is out to get you and there's no end in sight. There is no shame in asking for a helping hand, my friends. In fact, it makes you even more awesome than you already are. So stay awesome, take care of your health both physically and mentally. I am Faisal Merigan. And I'm Nicholas John. 